You're listening to Boomer in the Morning with Ryan Pinder on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Look at that. Hour three of the program brought to you by Sundry Golf Club. Book your tee time now. Check out the stay and play packages starting at 189 per person based on double occupancy. So it's easy to do. I mean, choose the the double occupant. I mean, be, be smart about it. You're going to be in the, you know, you're spending a lot of time with this person. He, she, you're going to have to deal with. Don't get pindered. SundryGolf.com is the website. Again, SundryGolf.com is where you would go for that. Thank you to Sundry Golf Club for being a part of what we do. Coming up, Sam Rosen, play-by-play voice of the New York Rangers. The uh, the Rangers, four straight, a pair from Heatle last night as they flexed on the Tampa Bay. Heatle! Heatle! So we'll talk to uh, Sam Rosen coming up a little bit later on. Uh, how, how are you doing? You're good? You're, uh, now, Ryan Pinder is uh, joining us from a uh, remote location. You sent us a photo of uh, your view, and it looks fine. There's a, I see a. It's pool. okay. Yeah, I see. There's, uh, there's a pool, and uh, palm it, trees. It, yeah, it looks like you're in a warm weather uh, type of a state. So that's, that's, that's positive, right? Yeah, I mean, the internet's great too. I'm sure, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, now, so, you're, but you're, <laughs> you're not in in Minnesota. No. No, you're not. That's well. Not all of us can be, and I'm assume I'm, I'm going to assume. I there's no way of knowing that maybe our next guest is, being that he's the radio play-by-play voice of the Minnesota Wild. He's Joe O'Donnell. Joins us here in the show once again. Joe, good morning. How are you? Thanks, guys, for having me. But you know what they say about assumptions, don't you? Yeah, I do. Oh, and oh. I and I'm an ass a lot, buddy. I'll tell you. So where where are you, <laughs> Philly? Uh, Actually, no. Um, suburbs of uh, of uh, Des Moines, Iowa. We are actually in the process of packing up our house and listing it here shortly. And I'll um, hopefully have something settled here quickly and get the entire family moved up to uh, Minnesota in the next six weeks or so. But uh, yeah, I was pretty much a transient broadcaster last year, up and up and back from uh, from Des Moines, where we own a house uh, for most of the hockey season. Because you got you got the call to the show, right? You you got the, you got the tap on the yeah. shoulder. Hey, kid, you're coming. Get a place. You're staying. Isn't that a, just just like any any rookie? That's the call you want to get, right? Yeah, except uh, you know when Matt Boldy got told to stick around, Jordan Greenway offered up uh, a room in his apartment. I I didn't get that same offer. No, hey, the man they call the Big Reg. So yeah, well, um, we'll have to work on that relationship. Sure, I think we talked about it last time, and his name came up yesterday when we teed up that you were coming on uh matt boldy is a name we're going to hear a lot of right like this dude this dude is big and strong and uh, he is going to be a wild and a a very good member of the wild for a long time yeah and he had a nice showing in the world championships um you know looking at the box scores and he's playing a a lot with uh, ryan hartman who obviously he knows pretty well and then alex galchenyuk um you know, Team USA came up a little short there, but I think it was another good experience for Matt Boldy. And, uh, yeah, I think the sky really is the limit for this kid. And I know that's a cliche, but you talk about the size, the skating ability, uh, the ability to protect pucks. He's got a great shot. And at just, you know, 21 years of age, I think he's really 
hopefully um, the next star in the waiting for Minnesota. And, you know, if they do move on from Kevin Fiala this offseason, uh, he'd be a guy that you'd, you'd hope would, you know, fill up the uh, the back of the net with a little bit more frequency in his first full season next year. Well, let's go there. Uh, ordinarily, you don't want to move on from a guy who's 25, who had a breakthrough year with 33 goals, after a bit of a slow start. 23 goals, then 20, and then in a full 82 games, 85 points and 33 goals. Now, went a little quiet in the postseason, but that can happen with guys that are either rookies or early on in their, in their careers. It's not been a lot of playoff hockey necessarily for him, but that the Wild would have to entertain, let alone be entertaining, moving away from Kevin Fiala. Tell, tell us about the, the circumstances as to why that might be the case. Well, obviously, the better he played down the stretch, the more money he was potentially earning himself, um, you know, with unre- unrestricted free agency pending in a year. Um, he went to, took sort of that qualifying offer um, a year ago, that one-year deal, uh, bet on himself in a lot of ways. They were able to sort of meet in the middle. He obviously had an outstanding season, uh, especially when, ironically enough, Boldy came up. You know, it was Freddie Goudreau, uh, Kevin Fiala, and Matt Boldy there, and, and that line was as good as any for Minnesota down the stretch. But, you know, we've talked about it in the past, and most hockey fans are aware that the buyouts of Zach Parise and Ryan Suter have put the Wild in a bit of a cap crunch, um, not so much this past season, but more the next up you know, upcoming campaigns the next two years. So we'll see how wild GM Bill Guerin kind of handles it, but um, he's a savvy man. He's done a great job building this roster. Uh, he knows that they can get younger and, and he thinks by committee they can, you know, should they have to move on from Fiala be able to, uh, to fill up that production. That is quite an albatross that gets left behind for a guy like Bill Guerin. The GM comes in, sees he's got a guy like Kaprizov, makes some good moves, but kind of like you say that the black cloud hanging over over 2023 20, like it's it's unavoidable i guess because of those contracts and there's there's no way around it is there it's just it's dead cap money and you got to eat yep. it yeah and it goes up the following year i think by another million or so if i'm not mistaken so um it, it definitely will handcuff the wild as far as just going out and you know you're coming off a, a franchise record 53 wins and 113 points and you're thinking well you know if you want to dip into free agency and spend a lot of money to really make this team take the next step they just they're not in that boat but they knew that going in um you know so to hear bill Guerin sort of double down at the end of the season say he would have made the moves again i'm not surprised by that at all he's very confident in his ability i think he's done a nice job as i mentioned earlier in building out this roster they have a lot of uh young prospects that uh, especially defensively, that could be turning pro here in the next year or two. They have arguably one of the best young goaltenders not in the NHL in Wallstad, who they drafted last year in the first round, played in the Swedish Hockey League. He'll come to North America this year and most likely start in the American League in Iowa. Um, so they uh, they do have a good young core, and they have some you know two second-round picks this year. They've got their first-rounder. I think they have a total of about six picks in this draft. So with Judd Brackett running the um, the draft table again, for the second straight year, I think they're in a good spot to continue to get better, even if they do, you know, not have the same flexibility cap-wise as the other teams. So, if if not Kevin Fiala, what what's another way to kind of get get down to it here? Are there any other candidates be, besides Fiala? Now he's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights, so that put that makes things a little bit dangerous. But what possible other options might there be? Attractive players that 
could be on the move to help out the cap situation? Well, there's a lot of talk about Matt Dumba, obviously, with his contract and his value um, as being a possible trade target. But Bill Guerin really shot that down a week or so ago on Minnesota's uh, flagship home and just said, look, everybody wants, you know, talks about Matt Dumba. There are other guys we could move, essentially, if we wanted to try and keep both Dumba and Fiala. We'll see where it shakes out. Um, you know, I, I think the big thing is, can you win with Kevin Fiala? You know, and maybe some organizations don't look at it that way. You know, there's a lot of uh, smoke around teams like the Senators and the Devils and clubs that could use. Uh, I read a piece yesterday that the Hurricanes, you know, have been pretty open now that their season's over about needing a bona fide goal scorer. They obviously have some really young uh, talent as far as forwards go. So can Bill Guerin find a uh, a partner in the in the trade market, uh, maybe around the draft or this offseason, a team that's willing to take the chance if Fiala will re-sign with them long-term? Um, it seemed like Fiala really fit well in Minnesota, like I said, with his line mates. I think he liked playing there. I don't think Bill Guerin wants to move on from him, but if that's the hand he's essentially being uh, dealt or feels that's the best course of action for the franchise, I think he'll find a way to get – you know, a draft pick and a young player, and and again, the 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 emphasis being on youth with the Wild. They want to be they want to be good for a long time, uh, especially with Kaprizov. Just you know, really through year two of his NHL career, he's got that five year contract. So uh, they want to make sure that they are competitive as long as he's under uh, under contract in a Wild sweater. How will they look back at the deadline, Joe? Any regrets, or or is it like, hey, this no, is what you do when I, you're a contender? Listen, watching the Rangers last night and, you know, seeing some of the guys they acquired have big impacts, I literally thought, like, man, Minnesota had such a good trade deadline. Like, Middleton fits so well with Jared Spurgeon, and that's a guy that they hope to keep. Tyson Jost did exactly what he was supposed to do, which was uh, contribute on that fourth line, and if there was an injury or a need to shake things up, he had the skill set to slide up. Um, you know, and play, you know, higher up in the lineup. And and then you, you bring in a three-time Stanley Cup champion and a short-fire Hall of Famer, Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, you know, and Nick Delorier provided what he provided, which was some presence and size. Uh, no, it didn't pan out so well, really, for that fourth line in the playoffs, which is probably a little bit disappointing. But, you know, I think of the four moves, really, that were made a week prior and up to the deadline. I don't think there should be any hindsight there at all. They didn't give up a whole lot. Uh, the pick for Flurry will be just a second rounder because they didn't advance to the conference final. Uh, I think that's a move you'd make over again. And, you know, for, for Jake Middleton, they gave up Capo Kakinen, who they didn't see as a number one, I guess, ultimately. Uh, for Tyson Jose, they gave up Nico Sturm. He's not even playing for Colorado uh, much down the, the stretch here in the playoffs. So I, I really don't think that they do anything differently. Um, he addressed the essentially needed every position. And hopefully some of those guys are with your organization into the future on some pretty good contracts. What did the arrival of Fleury, how did it affect Cam Talbot? Because I'm, I'm going back, because I know we talked to you, the Flames and the Wild were kind of playing those back-to-back games, and Talbot had yeah. struggled and then really came on down the stretch, and then Fleury got the call in the postseason. Does that, I just wonder for, for Talbot, not necessarily that he's going to hold a grudge or that he's going to pout, but I wonder that had to sting a little bit for for Flurry to come in, and despite the pedigree and the resume, to start games in the playoffs over him. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a competitor. Um, he said it as much that it was disappointing, but you know, you wouldn't want him to be happy about it, right? <laughs> he, 
you know, he's, he's a guy that wants to win a Stanley Cup and he wants to be between the pipes doing so. I think the one thing that was obviously a little bit different is not only Flurry's you know, pedigree and resume, but the type of person he is. You didn't bring in a bad guy to take Cam Talbot's minutes. Um, you know, I think you got about as good as a teammate as you can get. In fact, Dean Evison told us broadcasters, um, you know, when he was asked about it just prior to game one, because he's being pretty coy about who they were going to start leading up to the morning of against the Blues. And he said the first thing that Marc-Andre Fleury said when Dean Evison told him you're getting the nod was how's Cam? You know, and that's, that's just who Fleury is. And so I, I think there's a good relationship there. Um, obviously the Wild have a little bit of work to do, you'd imagine. There's a lot made of that locally about the relationship. Um, you know, Cam's wife was on Twitter with some messages about how it was disappointing for her husband. And obviously Cam had to talk to the media after the season. But everything I know about Cam Talbot, he's an unbelievable human, really good guy. Sure, he was stung by not being the number one guy in game one. But, again, who wouldn't be? Um, and I think the biggest thing is he's still under contract. Uh, he's coming off a career season in a lot of ways, 30-plus wins on the year, and I'd expect him to be ready to go when training camp rolls around. And whether it's he and Flurry for a whole season or there's a change made there, um, you know, whether it's Talbot or elsewhere, I don't think there's – you know, I think a lot more was made about the, um, you know, sort of any blowback there than maybe there actually was. I want to ask you just before we let you go, thoughts on that division, uh, the central. It, everything ebbs and flows and goes and you know, goes and spits, you know, fits and starts. But right now, the Dallas Stars gave the, the Flames every bit of fit that they could have had in round number one. The Wild had an unbelievable season and then ran into the Blues, which is a 109.49 win team. It's a tough draw in the first round. And now you've got the Avalanche into round three, granted for the first time in a long time, but they're... Uh, one game up already in the Western Conference Final. François, Kemper, the Avalanche, I guess, give us your scouting report because you would have seen them more than we would have in Calgary. Yeah, and, I, you know, the team that you didn't even mention there that missed the postseason is Winnipeg, and, you know, how how long will they be out for, right? I, I don't think folks think that they'll be a non-playoff team moving forward. Maybe I'm wrong there, but you're right. The Central Division is as tough as it gets. Um, as far as Colorado goes, you know, I, it's between the pipes for me, and it has been all year long. Uh, Darcy Kemper is a former wild draft pick. Um, I called his first pro game with the Houston Arrows way back in, like, 2009. So I've seen his career kind of unfold. Um, is How hurt is he? Uh, what's Francois able to do in the interim or the long-term future there? Uh, but Colorado's so good, you know, maybe they can – Maybe they can skate their way through it, similar, in my opinion, to what the Oilers have done. I mean, I'm not a believer in Mike Smith winning the Stanley Cup anytime soon, but here he is, you know, eight wins away from it. So the playoffs have really surprised me in a lot of ways. It's been so high scoring. The regular season scoring hasn't slowed down at all. I think the matchups are great. Um, I think it's great for the casual fan. Obviously, the hardcore fan likes seeing the puck in the back of the net, too. So, uh, boy, I'd have a hard time picking against Colorado just because I think – you know, they, they would have the goaltending edge in a seven-game series. But now with Kemper out, I, I really don't know how to handicap this one, fellas. I just think um, it's going to be fun, and it's going to be a high-scoring series. Maybe not to the 8-6 tune we saw in game one, but I think, you know, ultimately you take the over most nights, you'd be pretty successful. So if any of our listeners, whether maybe listening online, if they were, <laughs> if they were thinking of moving to Minnesota, are, are, we, are, are we looking at St. Paul? Do we want to be in Minneapolis? What's the, uh, the Joe O'Donnell recommendation? 
Well, there's, here's the thing I learned about Minnesota a long time ago uh, before I ever thought I'd be, be moving there. You talk to a Minnesotan, wherever they're from, that's where you should move. So if the kid, if the, if the kid grew up playing in Eden Prairie or Edina or Woodbury or uh, you name the town, uh, South St. Paul, uh, you pull any of those guys across the NHL, and there's plenty of them certainly that have come from the great state of hockey. Uh, they'll tell you exactly where they sh- where you should move, and it's the town they grew up in. So I found that very funny over the years. And then as I got you know started to look to actually move and buy a house, it was the exact same thing. Uh, whether it's adults, whether it's grandparents, whether it's kids, former pro hockey players, they're very passionate about their local town, Minnesota. Um, so you have about four thousand suburbs to choose from. It feels like there you go. <laughs> and how do you feel? Is there good value for the uh, the house buying dollar in Minnesota right now? Uh, it's insanity. Like, you know, you see something listed and it's going for 30, 40 grand over list price, with oh. no inspection, and it's gone in 48 hours. So um, the last couple of months watching that happen while, you know, in a hotel and trying to uh, go to open houses and broadcast games and you're getting, you're getting burnt left and right on, uh, well, yeah, there goes that property. So it was a little crazy, but, uh, you know, with the season ending now, it was, sort of one silver lining as I'm able to get back, spend more time with my family here in Iowa and uh, start to get our house packed up and then make the move. Joe, appreciate you, man. Good stuff today. Good luck with the move, and we look forward to hooking up maybe by the draft or free agency, but certainly into next year. Uh, appreciate your time. Anytime, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Enjoy the playoffs. Thank you. Thanks, Good. Joe. Joe O'Donnell, Minnesota Wild play-by-play voice, uh, doing the radio play-by-play in uh, – what Eden Eden Prairie? Yeah, that's hilarious, though, right? You can totally Edina. Yeah, it's a big one there. You can big totally right. Well, so so where do you want? Oh, well, you you got it. You got to see. It. I mean, you should. I mean, it's unbelievable. So the lakes, right? Oh, it's beautiful. Great hockey program. Oh, hundred hundred feet of snow. I just love it. Be tremendous. Um, so yeah, that's that's thanks for Billy Garen. You get a team, you come around. That I was looking just the uh, I forgot how good their home record was. It was we were talking about it. 31 8 and 2 Ooh. on home ice. Only I'm looking here. The Panthers were better at home, and I think probably the yeah. Avs 32 mm. 5 and 4 at home. So either way, one of the top two, three teams in the NHL on home ice. And that crowd and that building and that team was hard to play against. You feel like you're you're moving forward. You get your coach and all of that, and and now this. It's just not they're not going to you know, fall to pieces and crumble. But if you have to lose a young player like Fiala, and who hey maybe is is Kevin Fiala a Hart Trophy guy? Not not yet. Anyway, can they no. survive without him? Because you're going to get something back for him. That's if, the thing. Right? If the deal happens, but. And how many years have we heard about Matt Dumba being uh, on the trade market? Uh, well ahead of the expansion draft, maybe two expansion drafts ago. <laughs> it just seems like every <laughs> year Matt Dumba. It feels cruel Dumba, and Matt, unfair for yeah. the Calgarian, doesn't it? And, but they, they like him, and Garen, Garen shot that down pretty good. Yeah. And, and so, too, the previous GM. Whoever's been the GM of the Wild has two, been asked yeah. about Matt Dumba, and they do nothing but say, no, well, we love Matt Dumba. He's going to be here. One more Thank year for Dumba at $6 million, uh, with a modified no move. No trade, so with, sorry. With Fiala, I feel like it's a good time to take him to market. Like, essentially a career year. Like, it sucks that you can't pay him, but if you have to trade a guy, this is the type of season you want to trade him coming off of, right? Yeah. No, you're right. 
And it's not like trying to trade Sean Monahan with eight goals or whatever, right? <laughs> and there's not a whole lot because everybody is on the books, and there's not a lot of bad. I'm, I'm going to say bad contracts. I don't. Jordan Greenway is at three million. They signed him. Marcus Foligno, three point one. You love the way he plays. Erickson Eck, team, eh? yeah, Erickson Eck got the extension. It, it's in at five point two five. Kind of an underrated guy. Big center. Saki uh, votes. Zuccarello, six. Kaprizov, nine. On the back end, Brodeen, six. Spurgeon, 7.5. As their captain back there. I, I, I don't know. Some of those pieces are interchangeable, I suppose. But you got one more year of Cam team. Talbot at 3.66. And what, what he gave you, that's tidy. That's a tidy bit of business there for uh, for Cam Talbot. Two good years, right? Yeah. And it's so, so that was the same off season that the Flames went and got Markstrom. I feel like the results aren't identical, but Talbot was better last year. Markstrom was better this year. And you don't have to worry about decline for the next four years in theory for Talbot. It's one year left. And uh, Talbot's playoff numbers this year, a 4.13 goals against and an 846 save percentage. Yeah. The one so the game after not playing yeah. for two weeks. Yeah. Happened to Markstrom. The hell happened? I don't know that there is. We'll, we'll have Woodley at nine oh five. I know. But what happened was the team in front of him started giving up odd man rushes and grade A chances, like they were, you know, the Arizona Coyotes. It was bad. Still those glove saves off Hyman there in game one. How do you grab that? Oh, game one, they won that. Come oh, on, get over that. Yes. After game one, he's pretty much at expected for the series, believe it or not. That's how bad they were defensively in front of him. Well, at expected, uh, according to who? You know, According I mean? to Kevin Woodley. Uh, according, was, uh, yeah, according he was to, one uh, off expected after game one, but we'll, we'll get him to clarify. I expected more. That's what I can tell you. I expected uh, above expected. It was, I, I'm going to say, below expected for me with my expectations. So yeah, well, the decor can, can fit in that category for me too. Put that in your pipe and smoke. Yeah, that's what you do with that. Top pair below expected. Hmm. Uh, Kevin Woodley, yes. The aforementioned Woodley. Going to join Ryan in Flames Talk coming up at uh, just after 9 o'clock. We've got what you want to talk about before then. And when we come back, one of uh, one of the greats, play-by-play voice, Sam Rosen, was at the controls last night. The Rangers pumped four straight behind Vasilevsky, six goals on Vasilevsky. Madison Square Garden was rocking, and Sam was there. He joins us next. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Boomer in the Morning is on right now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, Calgary. Game two between the Colorado Avalanche and Edmonton Oilers. On your radio tonight at 6 o'clock, Avs take game one. Oilers looking for a sweep, or uh, for a split, obviously, as they head home for games three and four. We Sweep's got it for be you. Tough. Sweep is going to be yeah, yeah mathematically really tricky for sure. Um, the the Rangers now they, with a win in game two they would be in on their way to potentially a sweep. But uh, that's oh. the Eastern Conference final last night six two Rangers get it done. And our next guest was there. I, I've uh, it just doesn't get much better. And this is a real treat. We've uh, it's been a long time since we've had our next guest. But uh, the, the I just the job of a play by play. Uh, personality announcer is to not not just describe it, but 
give it some life and give it some juice. And there's just not many that do it better than Sam Rosen, the Hall of Fame play-by-play voice of the New York Rangers, who joins us. Good day, sir. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. And uh, off to a great start in this uh, Eastern Conference final. There's a lot of excitement around the Rangers right now, and everybody's feeling it. Well, every year and every team that gets to the postseason, they they all have some kind of a gimmick or some kind of a a saying that they adopt for the postseason. Here it was, fire it up. I'm sure all teams have it. And oddly enough, the Rangers chose no quit in New York. And I remember they they launched the little video that they had online. It was very well done. And okay, no quit in New York. It's could it be more appropriate? They were down three games to one against Pittsburgh. They come back and win down against Carolina. They come back and win. This is the first time they've actually had a lead in a series and it comes in round three. There is no quit in this New York Ranger team, Sam. No, and no fear either. I think uh, that was uh, pretty impressive last night when they come out against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions, the Lightning coming off a sweep over Florida, uh, acknowledge the fact that Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender in the world, and they come out and uh, jump all over the Lightning. And before you know it, it uh, they get through two periods, and they're up 4-2, to two and they're flying, and the Lightning look like they were out of sync. I think this, uh, this is going to be a great series. I think we saw what the Lightning did in a, a terrific series against Toronto where they came back and won. But the Rangers uh, have been doing this all season long. Uh, I think from, from the start of the season, they got rolling, they gained confidence, and suddenly uh, whatever the coach Gerard Gallant was preaching, they were buying. And this went the entire season, and they were a comeback story. They had 27 comeback wins during the season, and it continued into the playoffs. Down 3-1, to one, as you mentioned, against Pittsburgh, uh, they found ways to win. And it starts with a goalie. Igor Shesterkin has been absolutely brilliant all season long, and the big guys have come through. Mika Zibanejad raised his level of play the last two games against Pittsburgh, the last five games against Carolina. And when Mika plays well, Chris Kreider plays well, and uh, the, the rest of the team follows. And now the big story that everybody is jumping on is the three kids that the Rangers have put together that Gerard Gallant has used as a line, Philip Heedle and Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere suddenly have been major contributors. And, uh, it makes for exciting times, and it allows people to dream the dream. I don't think uh, there are many people. I, I'm sure there are some people that thought the Rangers could do it, but I don't think there were many people that thought the Rangers could make it all the way this year. Now I think those people are allowed to dream. Well, no question about it. Not Watching the, the, the fans and the crowd in, at MSG is always great, but they have been... Uh, just frothing because now it's what seven straight wins on on home ice. And I did want to ask you about Philip Heedle. He's a he's a first round draft pick going back to 2017. But yeah. there will be a lot of people who will really be cluing into him for the first time. Had eight goals in 67 in the regular season. Now has seven through 15. And these aren't backdoor tap ins that somebody else is doing the work. He is he's scoring from distance. He is a force out there right now. Young man from the Czech Republic, he's 22 years old, and as you mentioned, a first-round draft pick. 
He's been slow to de- to develop. They try to decide, should we play him at center? Should we play him on the wing? They played him on the wing during the course of the season with uh, Zibanejad and Kreider. They played him on the wing with Panarin and Strom. They played him at center. Uh, so they try to find the right spot. I think what, what really touched a nerve with him was Gerard Gallant uh, benching him one game, a healthy scratch one game during the course of the season, and said to him, look at Mika Zibanejad. You can't, I don't expect you to be Mika, but look at the way he plays and try to play similar to that. And he took it to heart, Filippito did, and has gotten more involved. What, what Gerard Gallant was looking for was get your nose dirty, battle harder for the pucks, drive to the front of the net, don't veer off to the side, go to the dirty areas and, and use your size. He's a big kid. He's 6'2", 6'3", over 200 pounds. He's got good size. He's strong. And now he's done that. And now it's, it's, he's getting results. And as you know, success breeds more success. Now he's a confident young guy. And the players he's playing with, Alexi Lafreniere, number one pick overall, he too in his second year starting to develop. Capococco in his third year was set back by injuries. But he's big, strong, and these kids love to play. They love to be on the ice. You can't give them enough ice time. And the coach sits there, and if they're, they're minus in a game, says, ah, I thought the kids played well. I like the way the kids are playing. Uh, kept pumping them up, and it's bearing fruit. They're really becoming a threat. And suddenly the Rangers have gone from a two-line team to a three-line offensive team. And uh, that puts pressure on the other teams they're playing. The legend Sam Rosen, our guest here on Sportsnet 960. I love how on trade deadline day we get all the deals in, they all go through central registry, and then we sit and pick who are the winners and who are the losers. I don't know if the Rangers were picked by anybody that day as the winners, but you look back now and Frank Vetrano for a fourth-round pick and Andrew Kopp, now it ends up being a first because of where the Rangers have gone, but I think you'll, you'll pay that price. Kopp has been over a point a game, was over a point a game in the regular season and has 13 and 15, and Vitrano scores again last night. And without those two, you wonder where the Rangers would be, given how tight and how slim the separation has been for the Rangers between winning and losing and advancing and not advancing. You can throw Tyler Mott in there. Sure. And quietly... Uh, Justin Braun has been a good acquisition as well. Veteran D-man who played so many years with San Jose in the last uh, three years with the Philadelphia Flyers. Veteran D-man who's playing uh, with Braden Schneider, who's a 20-year-old defenseman. But ever since they brought him in, Braden Schneider has been a regular on the third defensive pair. And with Justin Braun, who's uh, played over 100 playoff games, He's got that veteran calmness about him, and they've done a good job. Don't play a ton of minutes. Play maybe 12 minutes a game. But the other, the core four play the heavy minutes. But when Braun and Schneider are out there, they've done a good job. And uh, that was a, a good uh, acquisition at the trade deadline. The cop uh, acquisition has been a perfect fit. Andrew Kopp is everything that Gerard Gallant loves. He's versatile. He can play the wing. He can play center. 
He can play on the second power play unit, which he does. He's a penalty killer, takes face-offs, um, versatile player. He's been a perfect fit, and he was able to slide in with the team because he's got a couple of friends there. He knows Vetrano. He's very good friends with Jacob Truba, and that really helped him adjust. You know, it's a big move. He's spent his whole career in Winnipeg. Now he comes to New York. Big uh, life adjustment for him, but uh, having Truba there really helped him. Don't forget Tyler Mott, who they acquired from Vancouver. He was set back by injuries, but he's got speed and is a good penalty killer. And since he's come back, Rangers' penalty killing has been really good these last three, four games. So uh, all of the Frank Petrano that you mentioned Hey, he was sitting in the background with a high scoring, the highest scoring team in the league in Florida and wasn't getting a lot of minutes. He comes to the Rangers and they put him on the wing with Zabanajad and Kreider and he's shooting pucks. And now suddenly teams can't totally focus on trying to shut down Kreider, who's the big goal scorer, mm-hmm. because Vetrano is popping in uh, a great wrist shot. So suddenly. Uh, those acquisitions have become very, very important and very, very productive for the Rangers. And you realize there will be probably three quarters of the league, and we see it happen from time to time, but that the New York Rangers would go from Henrik Lundqvist, one of the greatest of his era, to now Igor Shosturkin, who is going to win the Vesna, and looks like he could be, there, there was no drop-off, to go from one legend to another potential legend, uh, it, it's not supposed to be that easy, but Shesterkin has been uh, amazing. Now he's been. This is not new. He's drafted in 2014. He's 26, but and it's not his first year. But he has come of age here in uh, this 2021, the 2022 season. Why now for Shesterkin? And do you believe he is of that ilk? Are we watching the next young great Ranger goaltender? I don't think, uh, as Bill Parcells of the uh, New York, when he was with the New York football giants, would say, uh, let's not put him in Canton yet, or uh, for a hockey player, let's not put him in in Toronto in the Hall of Fame yet, but we're watching something special uh, this year. If it continues, then you're watching something that's super special. But uh, why... I think uh, part of it is adjustment to life in uh, in North America and life in the United States and in New York City. Uh, he came over. Henrik Lundqvist was still there and trying to uh, become the number one goaltender while this future Hall of Fame goaltender is still there. Very difficult. Uh, so he, he didn't get a, a lot of playing time, but he got some to adjust to the NHL. I think what's really helped him is uh, Benoit Lair, the Rangers uh, goaltending guru, has uh, has really helped most every goaltender that's come through New York. He has helped them improve their game and adjust to the NHL and uh, NHL play and NHL life. So I think that's all come together. Uh, one thing about Shesterkin is he loves to compete never complains about playing time. He's on the ice for every practice. Uh, he's out there, doesn't take time off. He, he battles and competes much like Henrik Lundqvist did in practice. He hates to be scored on. 
And, uh, you know, the, for the Rangers, uh, lucky, there's a lot of luck involved. I mean, they went from Mike Richter, there was a brief pause, and Henrik Lundqvist came on the scene. And uh, for 15 years, he was the face of the franchise and the number one man in goal. You never had to worry about that. And right now, Igor Shosturkin is following in his footsteps and doing it very, very well. And, uh, you know, as I said before, if this goes on for the next couple of years, then we have something super special. Anytime you get to a round three and you're, it, there's four teams, it, it's, it's, it is super special. And I know you would never make it about you, but I'm, I'm asking. I'll ask the question. You, you've done it all. You've been everywhere. You, you join in 84. There's a cup in 94. A, a loss in the cup final in 14 for you, even now, in, in, in with this season, you've you've seen the the cup get lifted on Broadway. How special is this for you? Because it, it doesn't happen very often that a team can go on a run uh, like this. Deep down, I'm a fan. Of course, I'm a fan. I've been a you know since I was a kid. I mean, I I went to Ranger games when I was 11 years old, and uh, you know it's uh, it's special. It's very special because New York is a great sports town. Uh, three hockey teams in the New York metropolitan area, two basketball teams, two football teams, two baseball teams. This is a, this is a great, great sports market. And when you have a team that people look at that's a possible champion, it really creates a lot of attention, a lot of excitement. And let's face it, hockey has to work very hard to compete with the Yankees in baseball and the Giants and Jets in football uh, and the the Knicks and Nets in basketball. So uh, it's it's very very difficult to get that attention and get people excited about it. But when you have a team that's a legitimate contender now as a Final Four team, it really creates excitement, attention everywhere you go. If I go to the supermarket. Or if I stop for gas, someone is coming up and saying, hey, what a game last night. Boy, the Rangers are really good. Uh, you think they have a chance? I mean, it's people are, are caught up in it. And for me, I love it. And uh, it's, it's great to see. It's great to see the team developing. Uh, we have had great people come through here. I'm very good friends with John Davidson, who was let go. Jeff Gordon, they they did their job. Glenn Sather was here and now as an advisor has stepped up. We now we have Chris Drury and Gerard Gallant, and these are people you root for. You want them to have success. They're good people, and when they have that success, it's really it's rewarding for me to call the games. And it's rewarding for me to be around the players and the team. Sam, it's just a treat to talk to you. Uh, I love, I love your call. You bring the energy, and that's what it's all about. And you can feel that it's sincere. And I, I love it. Enjoy every minute of it. And here's hoping that it continues for a little bit. It'd be awesome to see you get into the Cup final again. Thanks so much for having me on. And uh, you can call me anytime because I'll talk hockey anytime, <laughs> anywhere. Thank you, sir. We'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again soon. Thanks. Thanks so much. You bet. There he is, the legendary, the Hall of Fame voice of the New York Rangers. He's done it all. And when you hear the call, 
you you know it instantly. He's done uh, the national feeds. He's done the Rangers forever. You, you look at the bio. There's obviously football and baseball, and uh, it goes on and on. And uh, it just doesn't get uh, when 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 the game is on the line. The Benetton back to Fox right side of Panarin. Quick movement. Shot. Wow. 74 years old, Ryan. 74 Bam. and up in the press box and ripping. Rangers break in. Cop down the right side of Panarin. He scores! A two-on-one. And the Rangers finish his heart. Timmy Panarin puts it in for a five-to-two lead. That's right. What are you going to be doing at 74? Well, you know, I'm going to say mm. not not that. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> I don't know that I'll be at Madison Square Garden calling uh, uh, Ranger goals. Okay. There are not, and I'll say this: there are not many broadcasters with that resume who are taking that phone call. Hundred percent. From and then extends the invite at the end. From dummies in Calgary. Yeah, just keep calling. Hey, I keep love calling. talking hockey. That is uh, that's special stuff. They will go at it again tomorrow. Rangers take uh, game one, six to two tonight. Oilers Avalanche game two in that series. What do you expect? The unexpected. The over under is seven goals. I feel Whew. like it. I feel like you take the over. In fact, it's it's not paying you much if you do. So even Vegas thinks it's going to go over. Uh, but we'll have it for you at six o'clock. What do you expect? Any idea? Well, you asked earlier. I mean, I just don't know that if you've got these two high-powered offenses, the goalie change in Colorado, and, you know, shaky Mike Smith out of game one, that it feels like a low-scoring game. I, I mean, for Calgary in game two, you wanted to play tight checking, and the Oilers wouldn't let you do it, really. And I don't know that Colorado's afraid to trade chances. They probably think they're a little bit deeper offensively and up and down the lineup. I, I think both teams are happy to keep the pace high. And you want to be better defensively, but I don't think they're going to slow things down. No. I, I mean, I don't know that either are capable of slowing the other one down. So just have at it. Let's go. 100 miles an hour for 60 minutes and see who wins. We'll do some what you want to talk about. Kevin Woodley coming up with uh, with you from In Goal Magazine, our goalie insider with Flames Talk after the top. Right now it's time for what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. What you want, you, what you want, what you want, what you, what want. you want, you want, what you want. Yeah, that's right. 969.60. At the end of game five, New York Rangers, Carolina, I put $25 on the New York Rangers to win cup at 19 to 1. Well, here's to you. Good Can luck. You cash it at like uh, 8 to 1? Like, what do you got? <laughs> I'm now? not sure how that works. Yeah. There's lots of wins left still. Can we? I think Tampa's going to be much better. I, that, it's just a weird thing when you're out of rhythm, isn't it? I think so. And when history has shown that you bounce back like almost none other in playoff history in the NHL, yeah, I think there's uh, a little bit left from the Lightning. 17-0, and in fact, after a loss since the start of the 2020 playoffs. Yeah, that's good. And I recall them getting blown out twice by Toronto in the first three games around one. They, they were tired, right? Look, it's tired. That. Just the, You know, it's too much hockey. It's too much hockey. Oh, they win. 
Oh, okay, fair enough. And then sweep the president's trophy winners. You know how you get rested up after being tired? Sweeping the president's trophy winners in round That's two. That's how you go. That's how you yep. do that. Uh, Sam Rosen, the beauty, keep the passion going. He is great. So great. I'll tell you, you know, it's self-serving. I don't even know, did, 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 were people even listening? I got to talk, to talk to Sam Rosen. So the rest of you guys can do it. I was listening. I enjoyed it. Uh, not, and again, we were texting back and forth. Didn't want to bring you in with the potentially spotty internet line there with a Hall well, of Fame. I think... We know where to go with Sam Rosen. It's not going to be who can unearth this uh, amazing question no one had thought of. Just let so the man great. talk about let the Rangers. Just listen to him, yeah. Let's uh, go. Can we pretty please hear Dave Mishkin sulk on all the Ranger goals? Uh, you know what? Oh. I, I didn't go there uh, with that. Not yet. You know, I didn't. Uh... I like Phil. Phil would have had some thoughts. Former Ranger. Esposito's got to be wound up here. Yeah, he might. Yeah. Uh, Pinder sounded like a shirty Terminator today. Uh, Boomer, uh, a coffee bean grinder. Need a replay of Boomer's bean grinder to end the show. I don't have that in me anymore. That was hour one. Yeah, uh, that's got to get the taken vo- off the logger. The voice box. Yeah, we'll the, dig uh, it out. You need a lot of fuel in the tank for that one. I was uh, freshly medicated and caffeinated when that went off. Yo. Running a little low on that. Uh, could we please get the Colorado broadcast? I don't know how that works. I know in the oh, final, the uh, the NHL does geez. a specific radio broadcast, right? So that you just run that one. I think we're also taking the lightning feed over the Rangers feed. So oh, Michigan and Ooh. Espo on the air last night. Boy. So we've taken the the visitors. It feels like that, yeah. Right? I, usually you take the home. Uh, don't you, Pender? Yeah. You take the home broadcast. I, I would. I like that home broadcast with the home crowd, and then you get to hear the other side for games three and four. Come on now. Smart enough, people. Yeah, it, w- it would be meh, Michigan. Sour, sour beer. Score. Yeah, bitter beer. Um, Come on, you can't do that. Come on. Hey, boys. Is Kemper definitely out tonight? Cannot nope. uh, confirm. Cannot confirm. It's definitely not a definitely. Boom. The boys in the afternoon show were talking about who is takes his fantasy sports too seriously guy and wondered who it is there. It's totally Pinder, isn't it? This will stun you. It's not Pinder. I, I would I say that you're... Billy Salt is probably top of the list there. I think you're involved, right? You're... you commission. Yeah, you're the commission... I know who's not, who doesn't take it seriously. The guys that don't put in waiver claims or reset their lineups or anything like that. But no, you, Bo Levi and Rhett, guys like that. Yeah, and it, it's weird. We don't have a lot of bitching about because uh, usually there's somebody who doesn't like the way this is done or that was that's done. There, there was some griping about the IR spots, wasn't it? McBride, I'm telling who, you, Andrew McBride was bitching about the IR. Yeah, B- the Bender guy and... that asked the question mm-hmm. was probably the guy that tops my list. Yeah. Bill Salt. Billy. Ran a marathon the other day. Good Kudos. for him. Oh, boy. Tip of the cap. Uh, da, 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 da. Boomer, for the most part, you always get top-notch guests. Uh, they don't know beforehand that Pinder is there, too, do they? Ha-ha. JK, we love Pinder. JK. Love you back. Don't use name in vain. Um... Uh, how it's not a case. What? Hmm. Didn't Pinder kick out good guy Cron? Yeah, did you? Uh, well, Cron had to go. Cron, I love Cron. I'm there's My probably no, neighbor was running that team. It wasn't him. 
there's probably no bigger fan of Brent Cron than me. But even I supported the the boot. He doesn't deplorable. He, he brought a guy with him to the draft to draft his team. And then couldn't even log in. Then couldn't log in. Couldn't reset his lineup. Couldn't do, didn't do waiver claims. He was a disaster. I think they started like four and zero and missed the playoffs just because they couldn't. They didn't manage the roster. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the By draft no- is good, and then people got hurt. Didn't replace them, and they were rolling skeletons in week five. By no virtue of his own, ran out to a four zero, and then uh, it was a, uh, a steep drop after that. Had to it be done. No it was good. almost as bad as Kerr and Labardius in year one, but we can't talk about that. No, don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. Uh, tomorrow on the program, now I'm looking here, and now Frank Cervalli, our NHL insider, couldn't do earlier in the week. He has already chimed in looking to do, uh, Oh, well, I would like him to go a little bit earlier than that. But uh, So he'll be on the show tomorrow, either this show or, or the one that comes after it. But either way, we will have our NHL insider tomorrow. We will have Stephen Brunt tomorrow. He's then going off for a week. Uh, oh, Dumas, what else? What else do we want to do tomorrow? We were kicking some things around. Were we going to go back? Were we going to go to Miami tomorrow? Did we uh, figure that out, or do we know what we're doing there yet? Uh, Dumas, I've got a. Oh, you're not. Uh, you're not Dumas. I am not. That's uh, GBP. So I, I don't totally know what we got going on tomorrow. But... George uh, Saint Pierre. Well, it, and in fairness, it's not for you to know. Mm-hmm. It's Fair not enough. for you to know. Uh, have a good one, everybody. Flames talk coming up. That's what you want to talk about. And it's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. You can operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. We'll see you tomorrow, buddies.